Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of the Big Haas Podcast. I am your host, Snow Rutherford, and I got a new mic. You, I was almost guaranteed you could tell because the sound quality is 4,000 times better than it was. It was awful. I apologize for that. Any of you who listen to those, thank you for putting up with that. And it's going to get better from here, I, I promise. So, another uh, very eventful day in basketball. Some some more great playoff basketball. Some some sweeps. Um, another one, and let's just jump right into it. So we're gonna start with Milwaukee and Orlando. The Bucks the Bucks go up three one. You we kind of saw this coming after they had that that flop in game one where it was just kind of some lazy play, some bit poor shooting, and Orlando who just who looked motivated and looked pretty good, but but they're the Milwaukee team that's you know, the best record in the league. And we can see that from how they've been playing. Giannis is looking like a, a monster. Chris Middleton was struggled shooting early in their earlier in the series and one of my favorite quotes coming out of this was was from Giannis and I I some reporter um mentioned it in something, but Chris Middleton is frustrated about his shooting and, and Giannis goes up to him and says, Hey, shoot until your arm falls off and We've seen him rally since then, and and that just shows. I mean, you can see Giannis how big of a team and a leader he is for for his guys. Chris Middleton comes out and plays a good game. Um, they're just they look a good team defensively. They're fun to watch because there is a a ton of defensive talent there. The only worry to me a little bit in terms of you know a big guy like Vucevic had some pretty some pretty good success against them because they don't have that. I don't know if I trust Brook Lopez in 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 the paint defensively when he's going up against some of the more high tier centers in the league. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But but they look good. Giannis is is doing his thing where he's picking up the his dribble at the free throw line, taking two steps and just dunking on anybody who steps in the, in the lane. It's going to be a problem. Developing his passing skills. His mid range game isn't bad. And he's just coming together as a complete player. Interesting though, they got one more game. I, I don't see them even letting Orlando get a chance in this in that next game. So, so the Bucks. I mean, they're gonna have Miami in the next round. And speaking of Miami, they go out today and sweep the Pacers. They beat them 99-87 in a oddly low-scoring game for, for this kind of era of basketball. It wasn't wasn't great shooting from either team. Um, looking at it, forty one percent from the field for Indiana and forty four percent for the Heat. And the Heat really didn't shoot great from three. I mean, twenty six percent. That's that's brutal. But at the same time, there was some really good defense played by both teams. It was fun to to have have that type of game again. Um, again, I'm saying that like I, I watched basketball in the nineties when this was was normal. But it was it was fun to have a game where some some really good defense was played. It's you know probably not the most popular for for people to watch, but good team defense. I'm really impressed by Miami. Um, first off, I think Goran Dragic had a ridiculous game with 23. Um, didn't shoot great from three, but put up 23, couple assists. He just looks like a a, a solid leader on that team, especially because Jimmy Butler didn't play much with with his shoulder and then bam kind of looked a little beat up 
and Duncan Robinson had a had a tough game, but he steps up. He he knows when to make plays. He, he facilitates the floor. He can shoot pretty well. The guy's just like a a good all around point guard for this team. He fits in really well. And Harrow comes off has a solid game. Chips in sixteen. They just they look good, smooth against. I don't think this Indiana team's bad. Losing Demonte Sabonis was big, but I just think Miami is looking that good, where they can they can sweep a good team like the Pacers. I think it's going to be a fun series with them and Milwaukee because I really do think Miami has a chance to upset them. With this team is the model. If you're another front office, you're you're a GM somewhere in the league and you're like well I need to to build a, a team I don't have you know I don't have LeBron or or Giannis to build around they have a great combination of veteran guys they bring in they have Jimmy Butler Goran Dragic you have Dusk J Crowder in there pick up Iguodala and then you have this core of young guys that are all being mentored you have Harrow, Nunn, Derek Jones Jr. is not old Bam and Duncan Robinson and you put all these veterans around them who are leaders. They all gel really well together. It's a, it's set up for success because, and then, oh, hey, say you don't win a championship while these guys are young. You have them maturing under some really solid players. And, again, hats off to this Miami scouting team and, and the front office. But they bring in Nunn and Duncan Robinson, who have been pretty key parts of this team that are undrafted. They snag Harrell lower in the draft, and and Bam was pretty low. This is this is not a team where they're they're finding top five picks, and and building around them. They're they're finding guys they like. They're putting them in good positions with a great coach in Eric Spolstra. This team just looks they're so fun to watch. You like to root for this team just because it's not there's no headliner. There's no LeBron. There's no Kawhi, but they play super well as a team. They play some great team defense. You got some lockdown guys on this defense, and hats off to to Miami for this series. Very impressive. I think they could they could make a run at Milwaukee. I really do. When they play this such great team ball, they got shooters around, but they got guys that can. I mean, great mid range shooters with with Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, pretty knocked down from from inside the arc. A good developing big man in Bam, and it's going to be because neither team really has like a true full fledged center. Right? They got they got Brook Lopez in in Milwaukee, but I don't I don't think he's you know that really anchor down low because he spends a lot of time stepping out and shooting threes and stuff. But Bam can play big and and play down in the paint, and he had fourteen and nineteen. That's that's crazy numbers for for such a young guy great series for Miami and then we're going to get to Indiana because they have some interesting off-season dilemmas to to handle in this I guess usually you say summer but now it's the fall kind of weird for 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 free agency so that was this Miami finishes the sweep next up we got the Rockets and the Thunder and another very good game between these two today. So the Thunder tie it up the series at 2-2, win 117-114. 
in another just battle today. First off, let's talk about the Rockets because this team is just, they're interesting. They're, you know, no, their center's what, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and they're just, they know what they're going to do. They're going to play some pretty solid team defense and they're going to and switch every time, which is kind of amazing to watch. It's a, it's an interesting, interesting philosophy on defense where no matter what, off any any screen, off ball or on ball, you're switching. And and then on the offensive end, they're just going to jack up threes. That's all they're going to do is we're going to let James Harden ISO, and he's going to score the ball because he that's what he does. He wants he's going to get fouled or he's going to get a good he's going to take it shot that's somehow he makes because he's that good of a player and then eventually he's going to be torching you and then you have to pull a second guy over and he's going to find House or Gordon on on the three point line or PJ Tucker in the corner who's going to jack up threes they took 58 threes this game like that number is just ridiculous for a team where they're they're relying that we're going to stifle you on defense and then we're just going to let Harden do his thing until you decide, hey, he's a problem. And then we're just going to shoot threes. It's an amazing, amazing approach to the game. And it worked. It has worked for them. But the Thunder, they do kind of figure it out. But the Rockets, you're going to live by the three, you're going to die by it. And there's points like today. They come out at halftime. And they go eight for eight from from three, and you're like, oh my goodness, wow, that is impressive. And then after that, they're like four for twenty four, I think was the stat. After that, but at some point, that's the thing. Don't you think if you're shooting like that at the end of the games, you don't have another game plan, which is interesting. You don't have a, a screen and roll you can try, or or a pick and pop like there's nothing there's no other offensive threat besides their threes and if the threes aren't falling tough you're probably not gonna win the game like we saw here and OKC again we got to start ha- hats off to this team because one of my favorite pictures is that it's like one of the opening I think it was the opener for them but at the bottom there's like a 0.02% chance they made the the playoffs, and now they're taking a, a good Rockets team. At least going to take them to six. Maybe you can sneak out of this first round. Steven Adams is, I think, the one big takeaway. Hold on, actually, we'll get to that in a sec. Sorry. Chris Paul and, more importantly, Dennis Schroeder off the bench. That dude coming off as a six-man, dropping 30. He is... You know, you kind of you kind of forget about Schroeder, and he comes out and has games like this, and you're like, man, that is just that's awesome. You love to see this guy do what he's doing. He's scoring. He shot good from three, four for seven, and some of his, especially that clutch drive, puts his foot in the ground, gets up a little scoop over Jeff Green, layup off the top of the backboard that drops. It's awesome to have that, where he's just this kind of slippery guy who can get who quick can get by you and take some high percentage shots around the basket fun to watch Schroeder great guy to have off your bench amazing I think for the Thunder 
first off, they're playing good defense. They really are. And like the, all the stats were showing during the game today, they're playing when the clutch, there's no better team in the clutch this season than them. When you get when you get down to it, Chris Paul is being a leader and, and putting this team on his back. Didn't have a great game in terms of three. He shot over five, but he just facilitates the floor. He's hit, I mean, another clutch bucket over James Harden, which you, you know felt good for him, right? Um, he's, he's, it's good to see him because of his, his notorious playoff struggles. But he's kind of reminding people that, hey, I'm back. I am, I'm a top-tier player. Don't forget about me. Because I think a lot of people overlook, especially some of the – they people don't realize how good he was and how good – I mean, still even is right now. He just he gets overlooked and he's reminding people that hey, I am, I'm not burning out yet. Interesting though, they've been running some smaller lineups where they go Gallinari at the five, because that doesn't. I mean, PJ Tucker's the five for the Rockets, so why does that matter? And and say we're gonna go small ball with you, which has worked with some success for them, for sure. But the other thing is, I've. It's been interesting to see where sometimes Steven Adams will be in and you think, right, this guy's got a 6'8 guy on him. Why isn't he just absolutely... Steven Adams, who's like the biggest, beefiest dude you've ever seen, just put your shoulder into him and, and go to the hoop, but sometimes he'll catch the ball up in the post and, and kick it back out to to give somebody a three where he can really just... I would like to see more of him playing big in the post because I think that would have some success against the Rockets. But this this series is gonna be is gonna be great. I think there's a chance it goes seven. I've, I have a feeling. It's big to not have Westbrook for the Rockets because you don't have, like I was saying earlier, you don't have that guy where, you know, Westbrook's you're gonna give him the ball and he's gonna make something happen, attack the basket, and when your threes aren't falling, you can rely on him to go get you a high percentage shot near the basket, and they don't have that guy now. I mean, Eric Gordon sometimes can get can squeeze by a defender for a layup, but when you don't have your three point, you know your threes aren't falling. You got to have another option at some point, or it, it could look it could look bad like it did today. So this series, really, who wins? If the Rockets make their threes, they're winning, and if OKC can kind of bank on them missing some and. Play some good defense. Another thing, Lou Dort. Wow. I guess that the box score, like, yeah, whatever. The guy had nine. It was three for nine from three. three for, like, didn't have a statistical great game, but, man, that guy is a crucial piece to the success for Oklahoma City. He really is. Watching him guard Harden like nobody else can. He's got big, long arms. He's scrappy. He's playing tough with him. And... They mentioned on the Bill Simmons podcast when I was listening to where I didn't even think about this, where the refs are kind of seeing now, hey, this guy's for real, he's playing. So they're not going to give James Harden the cheeky calls because they know this guy's a, a solid defender. And he's taking one of the hardest jobs where he's guarding James Harden, who's regarded as a, one of the top tier scorers of all time. And he's just, he's sticking with them. I mean, occasionally. Right, Harden's going to go off, but he's made it tougher for the Rockets to run their game plan because now 
you don't always have to throw a double at Harden because he can, dare I say, contain him for part for most of the game. And now they're left, you know, Harden tries to ISO him for, for 14, 15 seconds, and now you got under 10 seconds on the shot clock and guys are shooting bad threes. That's a big part. I think Ludor is a key part of this Thunder Thunder team, and it's awesome to watch him play well. It really is insanely. He's, he's a the bubble's been good to him, and this series really has too. He's he's guarded Harden like nobody else has been able to, and it's awesome to watch. He's a big piece. If he can really lock down Harden, I think I can see the Thunder winning this series. But this this is just an awesome series. So excited to, to watch how this is going to turn out. Alrighty, so that's how the day went in the NBA. There was the Blazers and the and the Lakers that we're going to get to a little later towards the end of this because it's still going while I'm recording this, but we'll talk about that at the end. And then let's get into some offseason. There's some interesting things that are going to happen for two, for two teams. We got the Sixers and the Pacers who both got swept in the first round, and let's jump to the Pacers here. They don't have DeMontis Sabonis, which is a huge a huge part, and Miles Turner's had some bright some bright moments where, like even tonight, he, he had a pretty solid game, especially on the defensive end. But I just, you know, this isn't a team that you keep together and you're like, hey, we can win a championship with this team, which is always the goal. So I think there's going to be some moving around, some shaking of this team in the offseason. Um, and they just signed Brogdon to that contract. So they either shop Sabonis or they shop Oladipo because I don't think this team stays together. Maybe I'll be wrong. But if I'm that Pacers front office, i got to get something, either look to get some young pieces and let them gel together or look to get a big weapon and have this team make a run. I think more realistically with a couple young guys that you have. I mean, Brogdon's not not crazy old, and, and Sabonis is pretty young. Miles Turner isn't isn't a vet yet either. So if you can get a couple young pieces and let them try to kind of recreate what they have in Miami, I can see it. But it just kind of depends on who you want to, who you want to get rid of. And, you know, me, obviously being a, a huge Gonzaga fan, I'm a, I love DeMontis Sabonis. One of my favorite players to go through Gonzaga, and I've loved, absolutely loved watching him play at such a high level this year. So, in my opinion, you keep him, you keep Sabonis, and you shop Oladipo because he's just not at that level that you want him to be. And even that, that sadly, because I love, I love Oladipo. I think he's a great player, but after that injury, he hasn't really been the same. hasn't had that spark or that kick. And, but he does have some good trade value because he's young and because he is a pretty solid player so I think this offseason you're going to have to shop him a little bit and see what you can get I'm you know I'm not sure I have to do some more research on on salaries and maybe possible fits for him and I'll probably save some of that for some of the offseason stuff and speculate trades and stuff like that oh that's one of my favorite things to do I love the NBA offseason but this team's going to kind of have to get blown up because it's hard to just say we're going to stick with this team who didn't make it out of the first round, didn't even get a game in the first round. So it'll be interesting what happens. I think, you know, if I'm the Pacers front office, I got to shop, I got to shop Vic and, and look to add some pieces to this team. 
most most likely add a couple young pieces in and see if you can get a Toronto or a Miami situation where you don't have a crazy big star. You have a, some really good players, and I think DeMontis is going to get up. I This might be ambitious, but I think he can be one of the top. He's close. He was all-star this year, but I think he can be one of the best 20 players in the league. Really love this kid. I think you build around him, and you're kind of stuck with Miles Turner's contract, but you build around those two, have a, a solid two bigs, and get some weapons, especially some perimeter shooters around him. This could be a fun team to watch out for, and pay attention to them in the free in the off season because there's going to be some some movement. I, I'm predicting. Indiana's a lot less of a train wreck than the Sixers are. This is like just watching dynamite blow up something. I don't know, but it's bad. It's bad in Philly. There's no there's no sugarcoating it at all. They just fired Brett Brown today, which. I think it was a little overdue. Maybe, maybe that's just me being a little, a little mad about it. But they can't him. They get swept in the first round. This team needs some something to change because they've had this, you know, the process that's been seven years in the making, and they finally get this team together and they they get swept in the first round. Just gets. I mean, I I know they don't have Ben Simmons. I get that, and maybe would they have won the series? You could make an argument for that, but. I, I don't think so. And now you go, okay, what's next? Because you are you don't win anything, right? You got swept. So at some point, something's got to change. And even with Ben Simmons, this, I don't think this is a championship team. So now you got, you got, you dumped your coach, but something's got to blow up. And you have Tobias Harris' contract, which is one of the worst contracts I've seen in the past probably and I don't know five six years it's just awful for a guy who's who's your third option on this team really you're paying that much money it's like 180 million and then on the other hand you're paying Al Horford which is another contract that's just god awful where what's it three years and it's got some funky I think is a player or I think it's team option on his last year but that's just it's not a good contract for Al Hartford, who's getting older and is just not that crucial, really. He's definitely not worth that money. So you have no trade value because those contracts are just nobody wants to take on that contract. The only maybe possible spot is a team that's like, hey, we think we're one piece away, which you hear all the time, where teams are like, okay, I can dump you some some of our guys who have bad contracts who you try to dump so they can get they can expire with Philly and they'll get that money back but you're not going to get anything special for Tobias Harris and his $180 $180 million contract and lord knows nobody's like hey I really think Al Horford is the missing piece on our team I, I don't think there's a team out there that's like yes Al Horford is is the one player who would make this championship team I don't see that if there is great and if that's the case then awesome and I'll eat my words but I don't see that happening so at this point you're left with either number one you get a new coach and try to make another run at it with this team with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid do I think that's what's going to happen yes 100% I think they're going to get a new coach who 
is going to get one year, which is unfair to him, and you say, hey, look, go make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or better or you're gone. That's what's going to, I think, is the most likely scenario to happen where they just bring in someone for a year, give one more shot at getting Ben Simmons and Joel B together with some interesting interesting other teammates and try to do that do it that way but I would almost rather decide hey I'm going to have to trade Ben Simmons or I'm going to trade Joel Embiid that's I think more realistic scenario for for success I think that's a better option to go with because you're going to get a lot back I mean Joel's one of the top two big men in the league and Ben Simmons is a elite playmaker who is a great crazy court vision facilitates a floor I mean kind of a smaller LeBron is what we've heard for years for with him but if you do that you got to decide hey I'm gonna dump Joel or I want to get rid of Simmons you got to pick one or the other and who's more valuable that's just that's a tough decision to make keep Joel Embiid because he's one of the the best centers in the league but the other problem in, in that scenario is you still have Al Horford and Tobias Harris who play pretty big and you're not going to get a crazy you know point guard it's probably going to be some younger talent I mean I don't know what the trade's going to look like for Ben Simmons he has some really high trade value I think but it's just tough scenario for them and if you trade on the other hand you trade Embiid there's always because his big his big issue was kind of his motivation. Sometimes he just looks too goofy, and it's almost it's almost like Shaq, where he just kind of a goofball and acts kind of stupid. And the difference between them is when Shaq would get in the game, that guy would turn it on. I think we heard for some of the Kobe stuff that came out, where he's like, "Yeah, Shaq had he had the dog in him." He had some fight when he needed it, and I don't see that in Joel Embiid. There's just games where he just looks like he's hes a great talent and a hilarious guy. Awesome. But at times he looks lazy and looks sluggish on the court and just doesn't look motivated to be out there, and that's an, that's an issue. The worry with Philly is you trade him and he goes, well, okay, F you, Philly, and lights a fire underneath his butt and he goes off like he has an insane season because he's capable of that with the right mentality the only thing that worries me is if you you keep him in philly i don't know if he'll ever gonna he's ever gonna get that i think for him a trade would be good because i think you'd give him a little edge but if he can next year if he can stay in philly and and have a change in mentality where he just is a killer and and wants to win at all costs it could be fun and they could have some success because you have Ben Simmons coming back. But I think, I don't know if this team, you put seven years of the process and it comes out to this. I don't know. I think something has to change. There's definitely some teams that are going to trade for either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid because they have some crazy high trade value. Teams want them. So that's going to be an interesting decision for Philly to say, I want this guy or I want Ben Simmons or I want Joel Embiid. They're going to have to, I think they're going to have to pick one at least, if not this summer, I guess it's not the summer, I keep saying that, at least this offseason or the next offseason, they're going to have to make that decision and 
it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens there because there's just a lot, and they're in a really tough spot. They really are. I think we're going to end it there. Um, the Blazers and the Lakers, so I'll probably get to that and then in the next one because they're still playing right now even though Blazers are kind of getting rolled. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, it's just been super fun. So awesome to have this mic. It sounds awesome. And it's just a great experience. I've loved doing this, and I really hope I can keep and continue to do this throughout the whole NBA season and in the NFL and, and make this podcast something that really isn't a, a couple-day thing. I want to make sure this, this goes on and becomes something big. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you... Hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you in the next one.